the meme with the two Spider-Men pointing at each other. That was uh, Detroit and Toronto yesterday. Like a little bit of little flip flop with the giving up a giving up leads in the third. Oh God! Man, here. <laughs> like it sucks. Like Toronto. Like it's so funny when they blow one, and it's just like everyone gets to dunk on them, and me included. Like I like all the tweets, and then of course, as soon as the Red Wings get in a situation like that, like the Toronto fans are like, "Oh, this feels so good." I'm like, "Damn it, it's tough." Um. Anyway, welcome into the Production Line podcast. I'm your host, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. And Andy. And yeah, we'll be recapping the Red Wings three games. Some mixed results, of course. Uh, talking some more at Cider. Um, yeah, we'll, anything extra, there's another report we'll talk about. Um, but first, quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rank, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines for their 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BetUS.com with promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with a proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. I'll be using a little bit of BetUS today, I think, on uh, uh, Mr. Matthew Stafford to win. We're going all out. Maybe Joe. Maybe maybe Joe Beasy too. And Cincy. Some good bets. I, say, I want Cincy hey, to pull out so bad. <laughs> I want I want Joe Burrow to win so bad. Um, yeah. We should talk about our luck first. We did we did <laughs> we did pretty well like uh, Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Andy especially that. and Andy especially. Yeah. It was night three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Break, not... break down, break down what you had. Okay, so hit a three-game parlay on the overs, and that was the Toronto game, Toronto Anaheim, right? And then yep. it was the Wings, Chicago, and then what was the third? I can't remember. I don't remember either. I can't remember. Oh, Colorado game. Yep. Yeah. So I hit that. Put uh, fifteen down on that and paid out a decent amount, a hefty amount. <laughs> and then uh, my one buddy um, asked me, he's like, because he's the one that came up with that uh, over parlay. So he's like, oh, who do you like for like prop bets, player props? So I was like, well, in the Wings game, Guelph line to score, like, you know, like pick anyone in the top six, basically, to score. So we, we sprinkled money on Larkin, who scored, Suter, who scored, Fabry, who scored, and Bertuzzi, who scored. Yes. <laughs> and then in the Leafs game, I I liked uh, Marner, who scored, and then Tavares, who scored, and Matthews over on points, which was one and a half, or over on assists, assist, sorry, which was one and a half, and he got two. Wow. And then in the Colorado game, I had Kadri on points, who was, that was two and a half, and he had three assists, so. Just steal, too. Yo, Sam Steele score. That's right. Yes. That's the one I was forgetting. It was Legitimate, like you hit everything. Like anything you could yeah. hit, you hit it. Yeah, there was a couple ones that I was like taking a reach. Like Sam Steele was a reach, but I was like, no, I don't mind him. Like he's been playing better recently. Like, you know, and just a random name. Singles or parlayed? So the um Steele or no, sorry, the Steel was a single, and then Marner and Tavares was teamed up together. So they both 
they both got it. And then the uh, Matthews assist was just a single. And then the, I believe it was Fabry and and Larkin or Bertuzzi to score was together. And then the other two are singles. Okay. Nice. So, but yeah, I got some value on the math on the uh, Zegers or not the Zegers, the steal. I put money on Zegers to score, but just kind of almost a sure bet, right? Like, yeah, you yeah, th- you think, but but no, it was it was a good night. It was, it was a good night. Um, yeah, we, me and Grant both also hit the over for the Red, the Wings Chicago game. I think that was the biggest guarantee in history for yeah. that game to go over with two comically bad defenses and. Did that not did that not disappoint that game? As yeah, very much vibes of the first game versus Tampa Bay. Yep. Except except the Chicago had the lead versus Detroit having the lead, right? In the the uh, the game itself, because uh, yeah. So we had a TNT broadcast in the beginning. We came out hot with the the Larkin Biz interview. Oh, that was gold. Yeah. Giving it the, to you. Uh, Larkin was just giving it back. Yeah, yeah, Biz giving it to Larkin about his greasy mullet, which, by the way, I didn't know was that long at this point. A little aggressive on the mullet. Um, Looks nice. I mean, it, you, you like it? Yes. All right. I'm not a huge fan of it, personally. I think it's it's pretty greasy, but Larkin is playing so good right now, I don't really care what he looks like. Um, then we had uh, Larkin throwing it back at Biz, saying his mustache sucked and good stuff like that. It was a fun, it was a fun interview. I wasn't sure. I was kind of hoping they'd go cider for that interview because I thought it'd be really funny. But Larkin's obviously the easy, marketable one because he's the center. He's the captain, top line center. Yeah, and he's been been around for a little bit longer because usually they're, they're usually they're doing the, the team's best players for like the on ice interview, like it's Matthews, Marchand, etc. Right. Um. So yeah, that was really fun. And again, the the broadcast production for TNT is so much so superior to ESPN. Agreed. Night and day. Like all the panel for ESPN did was were like it's NBC, but they're sitting on a couch. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, after the first I think week of the NHL season, I I haven't tuned into ESPN. It's either Bally Sports, like local feed for like the Wings at least, mm-hmm. and then or TNT. Like ESPN was kind of underwhelming to me, even with the guys they have. They have like Messier. Um, well, Messier. I'm not a huge Messier guy. Like I think no. he's, he's kind of an idiot. Yeah, but he's on there with uh, Chelios, right? Isn't I think Chelios? so. Yeah. Yeah, and like I haven't seen either of them at all this year either. So like, that's how I, I don't think, think I've seen Chelios once. Messier, I've seen a little bit. Yeah. Um, the only the only one that's like somewhat redeeming is Tortorella. Right. Right. And it's and because Bucci. he says whatever he wants. Like Bucci Gross is obviously great, and like he's yeah he's. He's a great play-by-play guy, but again, like he's not in the booth, and I'm talking strictly like in the booth, like in between periods, and it's very right. stale. But they yeah. haven't had like ESPN games between ESPN Plus. Yeah, they've, they've only been on ESPN three times this year, I think. Right, Red Wings, also yes. terrible. Not yeah. the Red Wings. I'm talking about in general. There's only been three ESPN games in the NHL. Oh it's yeah, right. Been... Strictly ESPN. You're talking about the ESPN Plus, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's isn't that supposed saying. to change after the All Star break? Yeah, I think they're trying so. to have fans buy ESPN Plus to watch yeah. all the games. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. Which I guess, that. I guess it's smart in their first year, I guess in a way. But at the same time, their whole pitch was to grow the game of hockey and make it like expose the game of hockey to 
everyone and that's mm-hmm. not a way that's not a way of doing it in that's my true. opinion but, but. no but again i mean cable's dying like they want the streaming is definitely what where the 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 action's going so i get yeah. it but also like it's just man, so like, dumb anything. that you have to have so many different streams because nothing's consistent well no yeah, yeah. it's the that's the deal with the cable companies right like they want they're still staying alive because streaming only carries a few amount of things and like with uh hockey at least the blackouts is how cable companies stay alive like in new england here like i can't watch if i want if i want if i if i wanted to watch the bruins i couldn't which i don't really care about watching the bruins but like they block it out i can't watch the wild really that's what it is for that's what it is for green bay is the wild valley sports wisconsin or valley the wild are on valley sports wisconsin which is weird Really, that's weird. I, I know, I know. Technically, it's Valley Sports North, right? Is the technical one for Minnesota? I think it is, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't. If you look in the NHL app, I think sometimes it says Valley Sports Wisconsin. Oh yeah, I think it goes both for them. Weird yeah. though. I mean, good for you though, because like technically, like it's kind of like that middle part, I guess. Like people kind of root for both, but well, you could go for Chicago, Minnesota, and Detroit. Basically, yeah, right. You're kind of that middle part, yeah. Um, but yeah, to the game here. Um. I really – this game started really well for the Red Wings. Philip Zadina came out early, had a big hit. He had two really good chances early. And it was interference. Oh, it definitely was interference, yes. Yeah, but he, he, he threw the body around, so I, I respect it. Um, He was like – what was it? Like the first like eight minutes or so, and then just Chicago decided that they are going to show up, and the Red Wings were like, we're not going to defend on the rush, is what the Red Wings decided. <laughs> and Dylan Strom had a career day. Yeah, my God, I love how we we're talking about him like getting thrown out for a third like earlier earlier this uh, this year on the podcast, and he decides to have a four point game. Well, at the time, to be fair, <laughs> well, I mean they're not playing; they weren't playing him. Yeah, right. What else? What else are you gonna say about that? He's worth no more than a third when he hasn't played. Right. He wasn't, agree, gonna, yeah. he wasn't gonna look, and then they're looking; they're openly shopping him. So they're openly shopping him without any value. Yeah. Yeah, he's been really good the past couple of weeks. I like I um there was an article put out by Inside the Rink and it was like I think he has 10 points his last 16 or something like that, which is I mean it's not anything anything super impressive, but like pretty good for a middle six guy. And it's compared to where he was too. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Making I could turns. be wrong. I could be wrong on that stat. I I like that was just off the top of my head. But um on that first goal, it was Rasmussen behind the net, and he just, just throws it in front to no one. And then it's a three on two the other way. And it was a really weird play where it like the shot went off Heronic and it kind of like leaked through Ned. And then Kubalik was just sitting there for the rebound and nobody was coming back for Kubalik. Not a great, like it sucks. I don't want to blame Ned here, but like through the arm is a tough one where you got kind of have to squeeze that off to get through. Heronic made a bad pinch on that one, right? I, well, he was the one on the, on, he was back on that play, so I don't know if he made the pinch on that. Okay. He was the one that he was the one that deflected the initial shot that leaked through Ned, and then right. Ned thought he had it, and Kubalik was right there just to tap it in. So gotcha. I don't know if he was that. I I think I know which one you're talking about. I don't think it was that one. It's, there was some it's really. Hard to, it, there were so that? many. I was just yeah. Just, there's so many goals. It's hard to remember specifics. Like. I think I think it was a different goal that he pinched on, but it could have been. Yeah, that game, one. yeah by the way, like, yeah, I'm bearing the lead <laughs> here, but uh, the game finished eight to five for Chicago. Yeah. 
<laughs> and four nothing in one period for Chicago. It was insane. Um, we had was it yeah Suter tip that like ended up the Red Wings in the box, and then Strom scored on a redirect for the power play. Suter had yeah. I think he had he said he had two penalties going in for the all year. And he had three of them this game. And two in the first period, I believe, right? Man, that's tough. Yeah. That was the power play goal, right? Yeah. Yes. Redirect yeah. by Strom. Yep. That one was Bertuzzi right? collapse on the wall where he should have been, lost his battle. Bertuzzi came in to help, lost his man, and then his man got the puck into Kaiser, faded off his man, which was Strom, and left the back door wide open. So it was kind of a... Gagne lost the battle, Burt overcommitted, and DeKaiser was in no man's land. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, which is pretty typical for DeKaiser. So, I mean, DeKaiser <laughs> was doing his job. We'll talk, about, we'll talk about him. We'll talk about him after this, after we recap this game. But, um, and I love Danny D. Uh, good for, good for the draft pick slot, is all I gotta say. Um, but yeah, so like right afterwards, like, uh, like a few shifts later, Larkin is driving the driving the zone, and he kind of like turns off and like throws it back to nobody. And then Chicago goes back on a two on one, and Kane does a spin move on DeKaiser and throws it to an area, and it was Strom that rips it. Yeah, that was a it's a tough one for like I don't really want to blame Danny on that. Like he gave Kane the space. Like he was against the wall, like Kane was. Like he just backspun way high in the slot. That, that shouldn't be it. To a be goal. honest, DeKaiser played that almost as like he didn't play that. That's what that I'm saying. Badly. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like I'm I'm like I'm like it's not he can't really be blamed here. Uh you need a back checker up top for sure. And Cider, I think yeah, you need an F, like well, yeah, or F one technically, because you're coming back. You're yeah. back checking, so you're F one technically. There were three um, guys, so I don't know. Bertuzzi had one guy, and Cider was playing D, and kind of I guess his gap on Strom was not very good. That's what I was just gonna bring up, but it's, it's a tough one because if you like, you'd like him to get a stick on there, but like by the time he gets there, like the shots can be taken anyway because the gap was just so big. Yeah, and he was kind of like looking for the um the slot drive because Kane was going wide, so. Yeah, again, this is a weird one. Because Bertuzzi had the late man, and it was a two-on-one before that. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. And also, and like again, to defend DK, it is Patrick Kane that's coming down on you. So, right. Anything no, 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 can yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah. And again, he played that well enough where like that play should be broken up because Kane didn't have a lot of other options. You let her dump it around. Right. Because DeKaiser played him to the wall with because he's a lefty, so his his right hand was on his sick pushing pressuring him to the wall so he would have had to dump it or spin out like that and yeah. he spun because he's an elite player um <laughs> yeah. yeah the red wings take a timeout after this point and i'm like i at this point i'm like i'm ready to turn it off like this is a tough this is a tough one i was really excited for biz to pump up the red wings in between periods because they had a hot start and they honestly probably could have scored one and i'm like this is a good look and then uh immediately after we have Sam Lafferty, of all people, that scores the rebound goal. And that was another Dylan Strom point. That one ticked me off badly. Yeah, was that it? Was, it was that was the neglect- one Fab- Fabry tried to stick handle through people. Yep. Tur- turned it over. Heronic was right next to him, which made no sense because you're a defenseman. Yep. So we had four guys up front, and the pass just gets all the way up ice where Nick Letty's on a two-on-one. Letty dies down, shot by – 
Strom, uh, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, Strom, and then Lafferty buries the rebound on a, a lazy back check from Hironic and Suter. Is it bad? Like, I, I don't trust Hironic really at all defensively at this point. I don't either. I mean, he was fine offensively this game, but... <laughs> he's been fine yeah. offensively most of the season. It's defensively. He's kind of garbage. I think he's better when he's with Mark Stahl. I trust him more with Mark Stahl. Yeah, because Stahl's going to be there at least. Dude, I want to talk about Mark Stahl later, like especially in the Pittsburgh game. But um, know who, know who uh, Hironic has reminded me of though? Like, uh, obviously not. I have a name that comes. Part. I have an, I have a name that comes right to mind, and I don't know if you're gonna go the same way, but go for it. No, you say it. Go ahead. Jake Jake Gardner. Yeah, it was either Jake Gardner or like a very poor man's Morgan Riley. Like Morgan Riley does yeah. have defensive to his game, but like when he was like two years ago, Morgan Riley, like three years ago, maybe. I think Jake Gardner is way more fitting. Yeah, Gardner is a really good one. Those are, and they're both, they were a pairing at one point in Toronto. Think about that. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, a tough, that's a tough one. Yeah. No, yeah. Phil, yeah. Philip Ronick, like he, especially in the second, he made like a really good drive that really that created a goal. But um, defensively, he's just been, he's been lackluster the past couple of weeks for sure. Um, just to say the least. Um, but yeah, four nothing after one period. And that's, uh, that was the first time Chicago's had a three goal period in at all this season. And the Red Wings are pretty sure that was the most they've given up in a period, obviously. Um, actually, yeah. no, that's not that's not true. Tampa scored four in one period, I think, this year. They tied it though, but yeah, yeah, they tied it, but yeah, still. Um, but yeah, then we had uh, in between periods, like you know, I'm, I'm pissed off, but then Steve Eisman comes on, you know, he's getting interviewed by Biz, and I uh, they grill they, they grilled him about what he does in his free time. So I just want to I just want to ask the question: What do you think Steve Eisman does in his free time? Something that he can't say on national television. That is the correct answer. It's, it's what he gave, it's what he gave. He gave the lawyer answer. He chuckled yeah. a little bit. Yeah, he, uh, he was stumped on that one. That was hilarious. I know. Yeah. I, I, what's up? Oh, I was gonna say it's even funnier if you had listened to the Spencerlitz podcast episode on that was released on Tuesday. Uh, that like last week because they were speculating obviously with their joke ongoing joke about the Kirby Doc interview um and they're like like uh, making jokes like oh biz you should ask him this this and this and then biz kind of inadvertently did in a way <laughs> well, what was the one they said on the podcast they're like gun to your head Iserman you have to get rid of one who are you getting rid of cider Edmondson <laughs> yeah that was that was another one but I think that was wet <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was with that was with that talked about that. Uh, yeah, that was yeah. The interview was really good. Like Eisman, like actually was chuckling. It's nice to see because he's a pretty he's a very serious guy, and yeah. I, I like that though with the general manager. Like we had Ken Holland, where every everything got out that whatever he was thinking got out. Like what he had for breakfast that morning would would get to the media and everyone would know. But Steve Eisman, he doesn't. You know, no one really knows like what he's thinking, and that's what I like because you for a team, I don't know like. Well, especially when you have like a player like Philip Zadina, let's say, like we'll talk about that um, news in a little bit. But um, you have no idea what Eisman's even thinking about that. And actually, on Bally Sports last night, he was talking about how how much he liked Zadina's game this year. So it was almost like he saw all the news and he's like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna extinguish this a little bit quick." You know what I mean? I don't know if you I don't I don't know if you guys saw that. I, I know Grant. Did you see that, Andy? I, I didn't like watch it live. I saw it on Twitter, I believe, and. I, you have to respect that because at least 
even if that's what he's thinking or not, he's protecting his players and taking the attention off of it. So, like, that's he's very Lou Lamorello esque in that sense. And yeah, where he's nothing gets out unless he wants it out, and you know, cards are folded to the chest pretty much. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, then we got so. We had Nadelkovic and Grant, you brought this up. Nadelkovic got pulled in between periods, but you thought he should have been pulled a goal earlier. Yeah. Definitely. Why, I think I why do you let him stay in for another goal when it's already three nothing? If you want to turn tides quicker, you get a wake up call at three goals rather than four. And he can't can stop a puck. Especially in the first period, too. Like yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily like the game wasn't necessarily his fault as the defense was so bad, but he didn't help us at all is no. what I'm going to say. Like, again, this is kind of in a, it seems He's been like making big saves all year. Yeah. And he wasn't making big saves. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He was le- he's letting bad goals in and not making big saves. So that's when you pull, I don't know. Yeah. And had yep. no help. So to lay a fire under the yeah. player. Yeah, under the players, you should have pulled them after three. I, I agree with that because, like you said, the first eight minutes of that period or so, eight or so, was very good. Yep. They scored f- four goals, well, three goals in like seven minutes. It felt like, I don't know exactly. It was like time. 10. I think the first goal was at like 10, like half minute mark or half okay. minute mark, I think. And then, so yeah, they scored four goals in 10 minutes. So, right. All right, so yeah, Pickard comes in because Grice was still he's off COVID protocol, but he's not playing. So that's a whole thing going on. Um, but yeah, Pickard to start and somewhat similar start. Like the Red Wings really came out like pretty well. Again, like it seemed like the fire worked. And then uh Calvin DeHaan, aka the Red Wing, he has two assists to the Red Wings this year. Yeah, he's he's a point two games, he's a point per game player for the Red Wings this year. Uh, the first one being to Bertuzzi. He got secondary assist to Bertuzzi in the Raymond goal for uh, the first game against him this year. And then primary assist, primary assist on that Fabry goal. Right up the gut, right to Fabry. Literally, I don't I don't know what he – I don't know who was there or what, but then Fabry just, like, has time and he makes the deke and really smart play to get it in there. It was a um, greasy old hot and ready right up the So middle. I saw something, like – I saw something someone tweeted about how bad Calvin DeHaan is and – like a Chicago fan tweeted, like, if you think that you have not watched the Blackhawks, and am I missing something? Because I, I mean, I've only watched the Blackhawks, but probably like six or seven times this year. But he is terrible. Yeah, I don't know. He's like, I think analytically, like, I think he's decent. But like when I see him, he makes those huge like blunder blunders. Of oh my gosh! Because I, I only really, I can't stand watching the Blackhawks. So I only really watch them if I know they're going to get pumped or if they're playing the Red Wings. So I watch when it's like Colorado and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just fun because he just makes he's so fun to watch if you're not rooting for the Blackhawks. Yeah, it's such a fun way of putting it. That is Man. such a good... oh, he sucks. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's the twelfth. That's the twelfth of the year for Fabry, and and man, that him with the Guelph line really picked it up. Like it picked up his yeah. play personally. And Andy, you pointed that out last week. I'm pretty sure about Fabry's yeah. game, and. Yeah, he's been especially like the past couple games. He's really been good. Um, but then right afterwards, the like Guelph line still again. Uh, and this is the play we're talking about. Horonic jumps into the play actually. Bertuzzi shoot shoots it, and Horonic got a tip on it, and Flurry didn't handle it. And then Bertuzzi 
gathered up his own rebound and threw the arm, and it's 4-2 game right there. Yeah, uh, yeah Tide turned big time, and and the Red Wings – it was all the Red Wings' period, and it was so much fun. Um, But, yeah, like, Suter got another weak call, and then right away there was Jones, right, that got, like, a weak interference call right afterwards. It was almost like the refs made makeup there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a oh, – I don't know, like – I'd rather those either of those get called, but whatever. Like at least they both yeah, get called. It was two unnecessary like penalties were like not necessary to be called. Like right, very non-deserving in both, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, we had we had Raymond get a high glove chance on that little shortened power play, and I was like, I thought he was gonna score because you know he ripped Flurry. Uh, yeah. Yeah, in the preseason there, I was like, oh maybe, um, but no, he didn't get it. Um, and then he immediately draws, like, right after that, they drew a, another power play. It was a high stick. And, of course, the Reading special team just lets him down again. It's Washington's repeat at this point. Um, but, yeah, it's not great. Um, we have we had a fun little moment with Grant, like, kind of saw this a little differently. But Joe Valeno, like, thought about doing the Michigan, maybe faked it. I don't know. Like, what – Grant, you want to repeat what you're thinking on that? There, there's no way he faked that. That, or I mean, there's no way he tried to do it. Like, I got kind of annoyed. I, from the ESPN broadcast, they were like, "Oh, and Joe Valeno, he's thinking about doing the Michigan, and then he can't get up on his stick, so he didn't do it." There, like, it didn't even look like he was gonna do it. He, it was, it was, it like was, it was a fake. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It was, it was a fake. It was a simple fake. I think he thought about it for. I think he thought about it for a split second. Well, I mean, you like, can. He there was no. He had so much time in the back. I think it probably crossed his mind. Maybe it crossed his it. mind, but it wasn't. It wasn't when his stick went down towards the puck. It wasn't the intention to do the Michigan. It was the intention so, to yeah. fake the Michigan and make a pass because that was way too thought out of a pass for it to be a him trying to fit trying the Michigan and failing because it was yeah. a really good fake and then to the pass. I feel like yep. if you attempt that and then you like you bobble it, you're not gonna be able to pull up a fat pass that quick. No. Yeah, somebody would no. like kind of like panic real quick and probably just chip it back behind the net or like turn around and get coverage from the net or like chip it in the corner or something like that. No, I don't know. I was just bugged because you know? everyone thought he tried to do the Michigan. And he did that, he made that pass way too quick for him to be trying yeah. to do the Michigan. Yeah, because it was Gagne in the slot, I think, right? Yes. He's trying to feed. Yeah. yeah. It was a really good play. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're not taking anything away from him. It's just like, yeah, to talk about that. Um, but yeah, right after, like, right after that, we have we got another goal. Uh, Pew Suter gets a real nice shot through. That was a BB. Yeah. He's got a really nice, he is a really, like, deceivingly good wrist shot where he's able to get stuff through like that. Um, it was a really good hold by Fabry, and then Oshley made a really smart play and chipped it to him into the slot and good screen by Bertuzzi. Which kind of goes on? That is terrible. So Bertuzzi was standing there for damn near ten seconds, untouched. Yeah. yeah. What is that defense? Yeah. How how can he stand there so long without being touched? So I guess maybe not a good. I mean, a good screen that's, that he stood there I the mean, whole time, but like, but like, good for the wings. I don't know how he can stand <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. there that long. Yeah, that's, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Good for the wings, but like Chicago is like you gotta you. There's no way you can't put a body on Bertuzzi there. You know what I mean? That was terrible. It's freaking Tyler Bertuzzi. And I think it was Seth Jones, the closest one to him. Oh, weird. Seth Jones, the most overpaid defenseman in the NHL. Weird. Ironic. (laughs) 
funny how that works. Um, yeah, so we're feeling really good going in the second, going to the third, uh, four three. All the momentum is ours, and then it's a little balloon or a little pin to the balloon. Uh, Pew Suter gets another early penalty, and Strom finishes it, Daddy. And that was, I think, that was the re- yeah, it was like the real tip. Like he Strom had another redirect, but this was like the tip. Yeah, it was a shot, and then it went off his stick and in. Yeah, um, Rasmussen has ankles broken on that one. Yep. Um, I was happy for Strom, honestly, like with everything going on. Like I like I like Strom, so that was cool. But again, I I can't stand Chicago. Chicago is easily my least favorite team. So that's yeah. tough to see. Um it yeah, was like a, other oh, it was a very comparable game to last night's game for a certain player as well, in my opinion. Like against the wings. Okay. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. 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 I mean like I yeah, won't touch we'll on we'll that. touch on after, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. A similar I, game, not similar players. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what he meant. That's what he meant. Yeah, keep up. Um, yeah, come on. But then we had a we had Giovanni going at it with Calvin DeHaan in front, and then after the play, so they break up. They're both going to get coincidentals, and Giovanni kind of like barely pushes him over, and, and DeHaan takes a spill, and Giovanni gets tossed out of the game. Well, not toss. He got a ten. He got a ten minute misconduct, but it was where the amount of time he wouldn't have gotten out because there's eleven minutes left. So, I, I all I gotta say is I hope Calvin Hans okay. You know, it looks like a pretty serious fall he had, uh, and uh, Giovanni just he just I don't know why he wasn't suspended. You know, it was pretty pretty brutal hit he had there. Did you guys check Twitter after that? Yeah, that's what I'm like referencing. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was literally all over. They're like, are you kidding me? How's this? <laughs> That was literally the like the weakest call ever. I'm yeah. cool with the coincidentals, and if you even want to give him an extra for like being uh, being an ass, like fine, like a r- roughing maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but that's not a mis- that's not a misconduct. No. <laughs> like you could give him the extra two. I I still would have been mad, but I'm like, all right, fine. Like he went a li- the refs told him to stop, and he kept going. Like yeah. that's fine. Like you need to have that line drawn, but that's not a misconduct. I guess it helps the Red Wings more in the fact that they didn't get a the, the Chicago didn't end up with a power play. Yeah, but still, like I don't know. I guess Giovanni wouldn't have played that much the rest of the game, so maybe I should be looking at it that way. But like, helps his pitches yeah. out too for the rest of, for the rest of the year. But I was just gonna say, he probably wouldn't see in the ice again, except for when he's skated across back to the bench. But yeah, right. You know. No. So. so yeah, I'm not. A, yeah, the call itself, I'm not a huge fan of, but whatever. Um. Yeah. So we get that, and it was four on four. Bertuzzi and Fabry had a two-on-one, and Bertuzzi held it way too long, turned it over, and it was it was three-on-one the other way, and they it was tic-tac-toe to bring it back to the net. He's yeah. so good, man. That was a horribly played two-on-one by Letty. Three-on-one, actually, technically, but yeah, he played it awful. It, he wasn't. It was it a three-on-one. Really matter though, because he was so yeah. far back. It was yep. a two. It was a two-on-one. They didn't even know the third guy was there. Oh, okay. Right. And that, um, I don't really, I don't know. Yeah, I, I gotcha. Again, like, Nick Letty did not play that well. Um, you can't so let just, two passes get across your stick. Literally. No. If you let one happen on, like, the first one, you gotta, like, you're like, fine, whatever. Then you, you gotta commit to the next one. But yeah, you gotta lay down something. Like, yeah, he did not lay down at all on that play. No. Like, he was standing straight up, stuck his stick out a little bit, but like, he didn't do anything. Um, now it's six, four or no, six, three at this point. Um, and we get another, we get a power play and 
what we've been saying a lot of the years, Cider finally shoots mm-hmm. on the point of that, on that one-timer. It was a bullet, man. Oh, yeah. you know, it, it reminded me of the, the preseason game against Chicago where he scored that same goal against Chicago from Raymond, I'm pretty sure, if I remember that right. Grant, like you can help me more with that. Do you think uh, – you, you remember that point I, shot? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. That was preseason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. I, I guess I'm just weird when I remember all that. But, um, no, perfect shot, like about six, eight inches – about eight inches off the ice right over the pad. Under the glove, perfect shot, hard. It was it would have been tippable too. Yeah, that's what the Red Wings need to do more. Like, if you're gonna when you work it like that, you need to be a threat up top as well, or else they're just gonna leave you. Like, they're gonna just cover the other guys. It's it's almost like they listened to, or at least Mo listened to, a couple episodes ago when we were talking about that, like where we want to see him get those shots in, and then like how uh, Cronwall and Lindstrom were so good at getting tippable shots through too. You know, yeah, especially Lindstrom. Yeah, Lindstrom was He's phenomenal. King of that. Yeah. Um, but then right afterwards, I know Grant, you mentioned it in the text chat, but uh, Cider had like one of the best shifts all year mm-hmm. in like following this goal. I don't know if like you remember. I, I like I kind of missed part of that. I, I don't know what I was doing, but do you remember what I'm talking about or now? Uh, I remember saying that, but I don't really remember the shift completely. I know he shut down. I think he shut down Kane. He like brought it back and he created something, but like I missed a lot of like. But anyway, like. Yeah, insider like he hit someone open ice too. Nice. Okay. Oh, was it the reverse hit he did? I don't think so. No, he had a reverse hit this game, I think. Anyway, um, with Cider though, like he wasn't like he didn't have his best game in the first, but like afterwards he dialed it in. He was one of the better players again. And it's usually how it goes, right? With the Red Wings. Um, but yeah, we had uh Dylan Larkin wheeled it in and absolutely ripped it. Holy, that reminded me. It's really similar to the Dallas goal. He scored, yeah, in and out like that, and like nobody really knew if it was in or not. I think that was tipped though. Redirect. It was redirected off a Chicago guy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought it was straight in, but either way, like still really great shot. Got it on that. Made it six to five. Yeah, it was gonna be an on the ice shot, and it got ramped. It looked like nice. Okay, we'll take it. Um, but I know people on Twitter, like Bruins fans. We're getting pissed because Bruins were supposed to be on on TNT right afterwards, and it was like ten oh five at this point, and Bruins were supposed to play at ten, and there were still five minutes left, and the Red Wings were about to tie it. And then don't worry, Nick Letty ruined all ruined all of that with the nice fat old pizza right up the right up the middle. He put, he switched it with Calvin Dahan. Yeah, they're also the Spider Man meme pointing at each other. Yeah, and uh, I don't even who scored. It was Hagel. That's who it was. Hagel scored on that turnover and just yeah picked pickered no pun intended that he played terrible oh yeah and obviously eight five empty netter whatever um he, he was acting like he still plays for the stanley cup champion chicago blackhawks that's what i was gonna say i literally had that in my notes i said he was playing double agent um i really awful games from nick letty dan de kaiser osterly and heronic i thought they all sucked see that's you could look at the heronic one that way but there's two different ways to look at it. Like he was good offensively. So okay. I mean, yeah, he was bad, but he was fine def- offensively. So, it depends yeah. on your weight, I suppose. Yeah. As a defenseman, you'd rather him probably play better defensively, though. Yeah, but I mean, if you take him out, right, we're right. missing we're missing a goal. 
Yeah. In my opinion, true. he was the reason we scored Bertuzzi's goal. Yeah. Right. I agree. Yeah. That is fair. That's a good point to bring up. Um, but yeah, Guelph line stays hot, which is again awesome. I thought Zadina and Valeno should have played more. They both they played um, twelve minutes and thirteen minutes respectively that game, and we were losing like that. And like they're like pull like I thought they both played pretty well, and I think they should have played more personally. Um, agree to disagree. I don't think so. Zadina has done nothing this year. Maybe Valeno. I really like the, the way Valeno has been moving lately. I think you start rewarding him with bigger game time minutes, and I think that's been done recently. But Zadina, to be honest, lately he's he'll have a good game here and there, but he'll get lost. I thought he had a good start in this game, and I would I would have liked to see more ice time early on. Like if you would have built off the, some of that pressure he was building, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I if think you have other the- guys in the top of the lineup playing better than him or just as good that have been consistent, why are you going to switch it up? I know it's tough. I, I, I'm just saying I would have liked to. I don't know what I would have done. Personally. I, I Personally, I wouldn't have liked to see him play more in that game. Okay. All right. Um, I thought we really missed Gus Lindstrom in this game, for sure. A steady, 100%. Steady yeah. Eddie, the back end. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the, the picture going around of his uh, wins above replacement percentage. Um, I did see that. 80, 83rd percentile, so he's better than uh, from that analytically, he's better than like 17% of defensemen, which is who do you for guys his, for his role? Like, obviously, it's different because he plays fifth or sixth defenseman, but like for that to be your fifth or sixth defenseman is very good. Yeah. Yeah. What are your cigarette? I don't even know who was worse that game, Oshley or DeKaiser or <laughs> Letty. They all three of them were just. I would say DeKaiser, DeKaiser or Letty personally would be my. Uh, I hated Osterley that game. I don't know why, but let I would almost say Letty was the worst defenseman on the ice. Yeah. I'd say Letty, and then the other two are kind of tied, depending with, on with Calvin DeHaan. Yeah, I was about, Grant, I was talking about this with Dad, and I thought it was kind of funny because, like, last episode you were like you were saying Letty's been pretty well this season, and of course, like the game you defend him, the get the game right after you defend him. I wasn't trying to game. say that he's been playing well. It's like I think there was value to that trade, and I think it was a good trade. Saying that, yeah, yeah, we That's didn't. The, yeah. It was something we don't have, and I still back that. I. Right. Thought he sucked against Chicago. And there was other games that he sucked this year. Like that Toronto game. He ruined that game for us too in Toronto. Yeah, I, I get what you're trying to say at the time. I guess like look, look when I listened back on it, it kind of came across that you were like thinking he was good, which I know I know look, look way you worded it now. You didn't mean that, but yeah. The the trade definitely had value. For sure. Um but yeah, we could get into Next couple games here. Um, DeKaiser was a scratch. Thank God. Thank uh, Lord. Jamel is Jamel's back up. He's he was a scratch the last two games, but you know, maybe he'll get in the lineup here soon. Um Grice was still not ready to go. So we had we we kind of predicted this. We said we this is exactly what we said to do. We said Pickard against Pittsburgh because we thought we'd lose this game. Yeah. It was Pickard had Pickard had other he had other ideas. Yeah, the goaltending situation went exactly how we had kind of laid it out but the game results were flip-flopped <laughs> yeah exactly I, I for one did not think they were gonna play pittsburgh i wanted them to but i didn't think blast picker do you mean you, you mean picker do you mean who'd i say you said pittsburgh, pittsburgh. you yeah. said you <laughs> i wanted uh picker to play but i didn't think blast was gonna do it because he's bull-minded sometimes 
a little bit, yeah. But uh, yeah, I yeah, I think this game also like probably the best game they played all year. I don't know if that's far like far fetched to say. Defensively, they did the job, and like it was really a big bounce back effort. Well rounded game, like they played a full, I'd say a full sixty. Like, yep, compared to other game, like every other game basically, like as of late. But yeah, I agree. Pickard played stellar. Yeah, uh, especially after coming in relief, and then. I mean, he played played fair, played well. He didn't have a whole lot in front of him at times. Yeah, again, but... yeah, he didn't help anything, but he didn't make anything worse. Yeah, like against Chicago, right? So he had, in his sense, he I think that kind of maybe fired him up too. Like he's like, all right, if I'm getting put in relief here and I didn't help anything, didn't hurt anything, but didn't help anything, I need to he need to stand out. He kind of did against Pittsburgh, in my opinion. And of course, like I missed the first two periods. I was listening on the radio for the second period because I was driving back home. But I missed the first, and of course I missed the Giovanni goal. And uh, <laughs> on that replay, man, he, the fourth line really worked on that. Uh, Joe Valeno got hard on the forecheck. Giovanni got right in there. Sam Gagne pucks on net, and we got Giovanni doing a little spin in front to get the rebound. And that was that was nice. Love to see that for sure. Um, that big frame around. Yeah, for sure. Um, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something. Oh yeah. I really noticed, like, watching back the highlight pack, Sider's ability to shut something down and then taking it right back was really on display this game. I thought he was really good when I watched, and especially the third period when I watched, which I'll get to. But he had um, – I think he had a spin move this game, too, where he had some fun with it. Oh, he was on Sid. Yeah. He, or, no, no, he just – he dangled Sid, I think it was. He just pulled it right through Sid's stick. Um, but, yeah, we'll get to we'll get to Sider and Sid here. But um, – Hilarious stuff from Cider, definitely. Um, but yeah, one nothing after the first. Uh, then to start the second, we had Rasmussen get hit from behind, open eyes by Matheson, and then and then of course then uh, Rasmussen responded with cross checking him back, and of course he gets called, but Matheson didn't fall, which is really strange. Like I, I don't get how that goes uncalled, the Matheson one because it's open ice, wide open, back checking behind Rasmussen had no idea he was there. Right, and. Technically, like open ice, that'd be like a blindside hit too. Because exactly, yeah, he had no idea he was yeah. there. Yeah, he, no like he, he could have fell flat on his face and concussed himself. Like you know, what I mean? yeah. from that. Um, but of course, they go on the power play, and Jake Gensel, being Jake Gensel, scored. Yeah. Uh, it was like twenty second or twenty third of the year, I think. Was that and his first of the game or second of the game? First, it was the first of the game. That was his um, year. Yeah, yeah, it was like weird working. Like they brought it back up top, back down low, and. Um, kind of worked around the net, and Gensel kind of just had a wide open rebound. Nobody really touched him. I think that was I think it was Heronic and Stahl that were the two on the penalty kill there. I think it would have been the right side, and Jake Gensel would have been there. So it would have been Heronic's guy. I'm pretty sure. Again, yeah. I don't want to bury I don't want to bury in the guy too much. I'm not 100 sure, but I think that was the how the way it broke down. Um, it is a garbage goal. Like again, they, those happen, right? Um, that's what happens had, when you start out the ice. Very well. Yes. Yeah. In my opinion. You work the puck. That's what happens. And I noticed um I noticed this a couple times the past couple of games, but um kind of what I was talking about with with Grant earlier with like something to do with Zadina, like with the top line. Um Giovanni had a shift of the top top line here and he fed Raymond up real nice in front and Raymond got stuffed, but he got hardened on the four check, finished check and got up there. I saw Valeno take a shift or two with the top line this game as well, and I think Zadina did as well. 
with Vlad as well. So like you have like four guys that are like occasionally rotating in. I mean, it's mostly Vlad, but it's right. nice to see like a different look every now and again with bringing a different element to that line. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of what I was talking about with Zadina. Is like I'd like to see maybe a couple more times, but a really nice play by Smith and I, like he was having a really strong game. And Andy, you brought up something about Smith in the group chat that you and Grant disagreed on. Yeah, so like they're talking about how Smith only plays like anywhere from five to seven minutes a night, and he's been playing very well lately. And, and most of them are like. I guess a lot of that could do is because he's been getting a lot of fives and tens too. Like he's kind of limiting his ice time personally uh, to himself, to himself, but to make him more of a value, like if you're, if you're playing a fourth line guy, only five to seven minutes a night. And again, the five minute penalties and stuff to take away from that. But like, I'd like to see them try and develop, just try it out. Like it's not going to hurt him into a penalty killing role. Like, I don't know, at least like someone you could throw in there for another option. So that way Bertuzzi and then like when they do use Larkin on the odd chance this year, but like we've seen it a lot last year, just gives those top guys more of a break in a game that we could use them more on the offensive side of the puck. Now, like I know Smith's not the fastest skater, but on the penalty kill, you don't have to be fast. You have to be smart. Not saying he's the smartest player either, but that's teachable things like to read an NHL play. Or to read, sorry, to like to work at, to read a play at the NHL level, it's fast pace and stuff like that. But the power, a lot of power plays are slowed down a bit. He's a big body; he can block shots. I don't know, like it's just worth an option. It's worth a shot to get us an option for like future down the road. I think, and if it doesn't work, don't use him. You know. Yeah, I mean, I get where you're coming from, but I like do. I when I watch Smith, I do not see a penalty killer. I guess you said like it can be teach or taught, and I I do agree with that. But at what stake and how much time are you forking out to this one single player that can be spent in other aspects of the game when you have a decent penalty kill core? I know lately we've been getting scored on a shit ton, and then you mentioned that okay, it's gonna take away from Bertuzzi and Larkin, so they're not out there all the time. You look at a lot of top teams and see that a lot of them have their top players penalty killing and they score right. a lot of shorthanded goals like brad marchand yeah he probably leads the league in shorthanded goals mitch marner he has three this year i think and he's missed half the season uh i just see like we've had such a spark in offense on the penalty kill with bertuzzi on the penalty kill yeah and, no. and he's defensively sound so slotting in someone else on the penalty kill is going to take away from Larkin and Bertuzzi, which in the past I would have said, okay, good. They're going to save their energy. But now I don't – I want them out there. Maybe not Larkin all the time, but Bertuzzi all the time. Suter all the time. What I'm saying, though, is, like, there's been shifts. Like, there's been times this year. I and mean, I know Bertuzzi can do it because he's a hound on the puck. Yep. But, like, when we get into a position where we're winning games, we need him. Like, like say, like, a year or two down the road if he's still – Okay, yes. No, I, I agree. So that's that's what I'm saying. Like we need to de- like you should start now because you're not going to expect to make the playoffs. Start now developing certain players. Try it out with different people. It doesn't have to be Giovanni Smith, but I'm just thinking of a player that only gets like five minutes ice time. Okay. Give him a few extra minutes a game. Try it out, and if it works, it's a thing to fall back on. Where like if we have a power play and then a regular shift to go on a power play where Bertuzzi's playing three or four minutes of 
five minutes in a five minute span. Then we go to yes. the penalty kill and he goes out there. Well, that's seven minutes of ice time in a One short period, span. Yeah. You know I mean, no, it's a, it's a I good like clutch. where you're coming that's from there. Good, that's where good teams like you don't see you don't see it a lot. Like if Marner, he'll get his break because they have a team, they have other forwards that can go in penalty kill. Not that they're great as good as Marner, but it's it's a it's a clutch or it's a crutch to fall back on. Like it's a, it's like you said, it's also development of a penalty kill. So right, developing yeah. a guy like Smith so he's ready for an opportunity like that because obviously you're not gonna have guys around forever, right? Which I understand. Uh, you need to have reliable guys. Where I think right now, reliably, I trust Suter and Bertuzzi. A lot. Vlad. I trust Mitchell Stevens, who's not in the lineup. Yeah. I trust Vlad. I trust Gagne. Other than that, there's not really. I trust Larkin. Other than that, though, I don't know that I, there's anyone. I don't trust Rasmussen or Ernie. No, no, I don't either. And, they and that's, that's also another. That's another thing too that I was, I was forgot to bring up is honestly, I like if they want Rasmussen to be a shutdown. Center, I don't think it's going to be in Detroit because, like, he can't, he's terrible. And then on the penalty kill, he he looks more lost than I think Giovanni would. I agree with that. I wanted to bring up uh, a point about Giovanni. So, like, um, with a guy with a guy in the fourth line, you really like to be a fourth line player, you need to you need to really iron out your role to show that you're above replacement level. Giovanni has shown that physically he is like physicality and like he has some value being in the lineup every night. But when you start getting more and more good, there's less of an incentive to keep him in the lineup. Right. Like, he does chip in offensively every now and again, but very rarely. So he needs to kind of develop that value, especially, like, when it comes to decision again, like this offseason, like bringing back Sam Gagne, or you have Giovanni, who's signed for another year. But he kind of needs to be a guy who can fill in. Not necessarily going to be your guy in the penalty kill, but he'd be able to fill in so you can be like, all right, Sam, like, we see value in another guy being a contract spot on this team. Versus you. So, and that's a really good point right there that I would like to kind of pull on, right? You said Sam Gagne could possibly go on this offseason where you need Smith to step up. And I think lately he has been stepping up, but you guys kind of said need to figure out something else that he's going to be good at. And I do agree that the penalty kill is something that he's going to have to learn. Yeah. If, if, like you said, when we get really good, because otherwise I don't see him as a fit. No, he'd that's, be a thirteen. He'd be a thirteen forward. Yeah, and that's if where the, I was at on a good team. Yep, that's that's the angle I was coming at. Is like if he wants to stay up, and we want a guy with that physical presence in, well, he's gonna have to find another niche, niche or however you say it, to niche stay enough. in the line. Yeah, to be in the lineup every night because, like, when you have like Stevens come back and you have others free agent signings of those guys that can play that role or could possibly play that role. He needs to have that it factor for him, not besides just dropping the gloves and being physical. And that's something I'd like to see them at least try. Like I said, just give him a shot, like let him work it out. Like we have the rest of this year till Stevens comes back to throw him in the odd time start of next year, like over, work over the season, like the off season with him and see if like, I mean, basically put the ball in his side of the court let him try and do it right because otherwise i agree like otherwise he doesn't fit in in our future plans very well in my opinion yeah nope um but yeah like the red wings again so we had 
uh, speaking of Rasmussen not being good in the penalty kill, he had a really good penalty kill shift. Yeah, <laughs> uh, him and Pew Suter, uh, they both had a really good chance. Like Rasmussen really set up. Or no, no, Suter did a spin move on who I think it was Gino or Sid. No, Sid. He spun out on Gino or Sid. He fed Rasmussen back, back slot and Rasmussen tried to go five hole. Got stuffed. There was a rebound. He went again and pulled, kind of did a little toe drag and did backhand and tried to go glove. Good, good, really good chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but afterwards, I wanted to, it was uh, notable because uh, Sid, of course, cross checks Rass again in front and p- whistle's gone, like everything's gone. But of course, Sid gets the benefit of the doubt. Of course. Yeah. Didn't uh, Rass like not lay him out, but like knock him over? And then he was like, really pissed Sid off in the beginning of the game. Like, I heard, like, I didn't watch this part because I tuned in, but I remember someone. Or I was on sports and I was watching it. There's like, oh, Rasmussen was all over Crosby early in the game. Maybe he was. And then, I kind of missed it. Maybe. Yeah. And then he pissed him off. I, I didn't see it because I watched the replay of the game, like the shortened version of the replay of the game yesterday. And I didn't see it, but like apparently it happened. And yeah. I guess they said uh, Sid had a burr under his saddle all night after that. Yeah, he did. He was, he was a little whiny, little bitch this game for sure. Um, but yeah, so we have. It was really uh, talk about Cider now, where he started to take over this game. Cider drew a penalty, got hooked, and it was we had three penguins on him, and then he pulled it through Giovanni's skates. So Giovanni was there as well, and there was four guys he's working through, and then Danton Heinen, I'm pretty sure, was the one that reached in and hooked Cider. Um, but we got a we got a power play, and I was like skeptical because the second unit started on this two minutes, and Philip Zena can score? Question mark. <laughs> He was working um, really, for it. Yeah, honestly, really good movement by the second unit. Uh, Rasmussen and Ernie did their work down low. Up top, Hironic didn't mess around with it, which he usually does. Um, Nick Letty, quick shot off the point and quick rebound cleanup by Zadina. Really greasy goal, but, I mean, those are the kind of ones where you can get on a little streak, right? I agree. Yeah. Like, they weren't – like you, you mentioned it, they weren't holding on to the puck and trying to wait for Pittsburgh to come to them. They were – kind of forcing pushing the pace of play like on this on this to start off this power play that's been an issue with the power sorry go ahead it was nice to see him find the net finally yeah yes first first goal in 19 games i was gonna say and giovanni was 16 right 16 games for giovanni yep so i'm 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 less concerned about giovanni because he's a fourth line guy when he scores he can score when he wants to score yeah yeah, like for a fourth line guy for like a fourth line guy if you bring value like 15 to 20 points you're like all right that's fine yeah. Right. I was just making the I was just making the comparison where our fourth line guy plays five to seven minutes a night had scored more recently than uh yeah, sixth overall pick. That's true. Um, but yeah, like really good movement, and like that's been an issue with the Red Wings. It's not quick enough movement, and they often get they think about it too much almost. And yeah, so we go in two one two one on in the game. I listened, I was listening in the second period, but I ended up pulling back into the apartment. The exact and I turned on the exact start of the third period. And I was pumped, um, but of course I started and Pittsburgh scores right, uh, fifty three seconds in I think, uh, something like that. It was a, it was a very short amount of time. Uh, Phil Peronic went back for it, uh, four checked hard by Gensel, but he gets through, but he loses it. He thought about it too much and didn't move it. And Crosby fed Gensel back door. Tough one. Uh, Ra- oh, he was Rasmussen also lost the puck battle there on the sidewall because he was the guy coming in to help out Heronic. Yeah. Um, not much of a chance for Pickard. 
uh, backdoor one-timer going back the other way. So Pickford was coming across. Gensel shot the other way through. Yeah, not great. Um, and that was like the really only like big defensive misplay I saw by Detroit. And a lot of that can be attested, like a really good forecheck by Pittsburgh. And I like, again, like I was like, that was the first time I really noticed. Uh, yeah. Looking, really, really looking at the game. Um, but I love the third period. Sider was the best player on the ice. Uh, just bullying Sid. Hilarious. Uh, I was talking Raymond and Raymond and Larkin were doing really well. Like uh, Raymond, um, he plays so well in the open ice. Um, yeah. Vlad did, did another uh, one of his like going wide rushes, and then he uh, almost pulled it off the similar to like the Rick Nash move where you get he get, you remember like the Rick Nash goal where he he took the shot rebound, but it went off his like leg and he pulled it back and it looked like a deke. That highlight one against Arizona, like back in yeah. the day. Oh, the, That's kind of what the double Vlad, toe drag. Yeah, yeah, but then the, yeah, where he like regroups and he gets it off his leg. Vlad almost did that, but DeSmith made a really nice save. Um, but yeah, I, I know I noted that Valeno had a shift with the top line here, and Cider and Crosby just hate each other in this game. We had that awesome fight up front in front of the net where, uh, so it was yeah, what was it? It was Sid who kind of came out in front, and Sid kind of just like jabbed Cider in the face. And Cider didn't like it. Yeah. Cider, like, like, so Rust Rust got in the way. Cider absolutely bowled through Rust. Like, Rust didn't stand a chance. And then Cider, with with people on him, pushed Crosby against the glass. Yeah. It started started because, like like you said, Sid was having having something up his ass that day, this game. But, like, he was behind the net, and then Mo, like, forced him to make that pass out back Mm -hmm. to the wall. Sid's right side, but um, Mo just kind of like one hand tapped like his. I don't know if it was in the hands, but it was like on a stick. And then Pickard gathered up the puck. And then Sid just comes out of nowhere and like give Mo a shot in the ribs. And then Mo turned around and then got one in the face. And then Mo yeah. just tossed Rusty and then uh, <laughs> started manhandling a couple guys. And then got when he tossed Sid. Rust, when he tossed Rust, I started like laughing because Rust was coming with some speed. Like he was coming. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. Russ, Russ is also not a weak. He's not a weak guy. He's not like huge or anything, but he's a tough guy. He's solid. Yeah, and like he was coming in, obviously defense Sid. Like, I to be honest, I would too. uh, You know. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, he's the one that's getting Russ paid this summer. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, he just kind of one-handed tossed him. Well, not even looking at him either, because eyes were locked in on Sid, like a heat-seeking missile, and. Russ yeah. just gets sent pushed down. Yeah. Um, there was the video I sent from Ice Hockey Gifts on Twitter. It was two minutes and twenty seconds of Cider and Sid like going at each other this game. It was all Cider like defensively shutting down Sid. Yeah. Until Sid was sick of it. Yeah. Um the, that player, and I think it was in the first where Crosby was driving the net and and Cider crunched him into the into the crossbar, like hit him there. Um we had Cider dangling Sid a couple of times, playing keep away. Uh, he finished his check hard on Sid at one point behind the net. Mm-hmm. After Sid got rid of the puck, it was that was a hard one. I don't think Sid liked that one. Um, but yeah, it's really funny. Like Sid was heated, and I, I was actually kind of surprised that they actually called Sid. You know, like how the game was going. Um, I, was, I was surprised they kind of sent both of them off. To be fair, like like it was it aroused up. And, like it, it got up like attention up. I guess it was to like kind of diffuse the situation. I agree. But that was the right call. That was the right call. For is, sure, but. Yeah, but at the same time, I was kind of surprised. Like, they yeah. they took both of them too. Like, you know, 
I was oh. and like it sucks losing Cider, but also when you take off Sid with you, big, yeah, it's big, it's big swing. I don't huh? know. I disagree. Okay, that's a hot take, but I'd rather have Cider and Sid on the ice than none of them. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess so. But I mean, like Pittsburgh, like sucks. C- they don't have Cider's Sid. better than Sid. Oh, yes. That's what I'm here you for. Just, you, just, you just offended your brother there. That was his nation's hero. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, yes. I'll have Chase calling me and whenever this gets uploaded. Oh, that's right, yeah. Chase is a huge Pens fan. Suck at Chase. How can be a Pens and a Wings fan? That's true. I know. That is, is kind of like the sacrilegious. Way, yeah, the Wings are like a second favorite. That's team. like rooting for. That's almost as bad as rooting for the Hawks if you're a Wings fan. No, it's not. Uh, I've oh decided. My. I've decided this summer <laughs> that it's nowhere near as bad. I res- oh. I res- I respect Pittsburgh. I don't like Pittsburgh, but I respect them. Like, I City respect, yeah, I-, I cheer for him a little bit just because Chase is a fan. Not like yeah, right. cheer for, but like I feel like you don't I- mind. You don't mind to see them win. No, I don't saying. hate it. Like if they if they make the playoffs, I'll be happy for Chase. And again, talk about Sid. Like he's. He's one of the best players ever to play. Like, oh, yeah, he's fun to watch. He's, he's, he still is. Yeah. He is. He's 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 amazing. So it just goes to show, like, just not as how, good as how good cider, <laughs> how good cider is to like keep up with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, literally, one of the most fun overtimes I've watched all year. Like, the Red Wings really played well. Um, Raymond when the open ice was Raymond DeLarkin and DeSmith made an absolutely gorgeous glove save. Oh. Yeah, Man. even Larks was like laughing. He's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Like, not laughing. Yeah, no, he, he like he like tapped the Smith almost. I think and the yeah. Smith was laughing. Yeah, uh, he DeSmith, said something. To him. Noted uh, UNH alum, University of New Hampshire alum. Also, uh, got some legal trouble there, but we won't get into that. Yeah, yeah. Who has Smith? Smith? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You look. He's not a was not a great dude in college. You can look up no. that. Up. I'm trying to I'll remember talk- what it was. I, know, former- I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I'll talk about a former Laker that. Like state alum who was there for one of the cups in Pittsburgh, and he wasn't a great college person either. Oh, I think I think I know you're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, we had uh, Letty backdoor attempt to Raymond, which was a really good play and made a really nice drive up. Again, that's where you kind of talk about with Letty his value. Like he is able to skate up and actually make an offensive move. But like not only Cider can do it, but Letty can as well. Um, but we had Cider stopped Rodriguez and created a three on two like uh, talking about that quick transition play really nice robs like he pulls it right off rodriguez stick and then it's a three on two the other way um and bertuzzi had a really good chance on that um and then larkin so you kind of stacked the three at the end it was larkin bertuzzi insider at the end and they got a little too greedy and got the, uh john marino who's also very good john marino's good defenseman uh, pulled the puck off. He fed Crosby, who's all alone and back. And Cider absolutely hit the gas, like nitri- nitrous, fast and furious stuff. Got back. Dominic Toretto, family's everything. Uh, got the stick on puck and <laughs> on the glass. And Sid didn't get a shot off, which is really impressive. Because mm-hmm. you think Sid would have like been, he'd have been like, all right, I'm gonna make a move here or shot it quicker, right? Because Sid's just he's one of the best. And Sider got back, made a really, really nice play, and that basically ended overtime. And then, uh, yeah, shootout. We had uh, Lucas Raymond finally scored in the shootout. Uh, it was going to come. It was going to come for sure. Yeah, he's yeah. now one for three in the shootout. I think now. And for sure, yeah, that's fine. It's yeah. decent percentage. Yeah. Um, and Pickard made a really like he one of the shots missed was Gensel's is it missed, but 
Really, really nice save to win the game against Chris Letang. It looked, it looked for a second that Chris Letang missed, but if you look back, it hit his hit his shoulder, which is a really nice save. But yeah, Pickard, uh, 36 out of 38, 947. It's a good game. Yeah. And his celly at the end. Did you guys see his celly like after they won it? It was just yeah, like the was one. Awesome. <laughs> it was so funny. I don't know if you remember like last year when they played Columbus. Yes. And Pickard had those two really good games against Columbus. Yeah. Like two or just one? I think it might have just been one. He played but like he four had, last year. And he had two yeah. wins, and then the next two were terrible. Yes. We we had a, we, had a, we have one, had... we have one more Pickard game. Good one. We gotta yeah, use coming. it. We gotta use it the right way. It has to be play, a really good team. Play him against the Ducks. Play him against Colorado. Well, we have the Ducks in LA this week, so we can play. We can play him against well, either. We save him until we play Colorado next. Oh right, that's true. That's gonna come to up this month too. Old, he gets to win against his old team as well. Ooh, where he actually was like a starter for a year. Yes. The comically bad Colorado Avalanche, but no, I was really happy for Pickard. He seemed like really happy about him being called up and like being with the guys and like he's a good he goalie. I, I don't yeah. know. I feel like he's a serviceable third string goalie. Oh, he's definitely a th- like his AHL numbers this year are very good. He's got. I don't he's only, know. If you look at the Griffins' record, they only win when Pickard's in the net. Yeah, Bradstreet has like three wins. I think Caden Fulcher got blown out of the water last night. He's not very good. Um, hopefully with Kosa, when they get Kosa next, you can have Kosa Pickard, maybe. Like, actually have a pretty decent goalie tandem there in the AHL. Yeah. Um, but, so with, yeah. With the play of Grice, I, like, even brought up a question. I don't think, I kind of just brought up a discussion. Like, obviously it's not going to happen, but, like, Grice, like, is your seat a little warm at this point, buddy? Yeah, I just feel like our goaltending is getting a little uh, interesting here. Maybe this would be a good point to talk about the goaltending. Like... Nadalkovic has had, I think, three games now below 900 and has looked a little shaky. Grice has not played basically good at all since, like, the first month. Um, Yeah, like, I'm not saying Pickard's going to be the starter. Like, that's not what I'm getting at. I'm saying the goal tank's an issue. Pickard's not starting goal. Start Pickard. Yeah. I have to mention and bring up Witt. It has to be an every episode thing until he's up and playing. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's garbage at this point that he's not in the lineup consistently or well, at all yeah like it's a joke for a guy that's gonna kill penalties and stuff i mean exactly. it'd be better than having dk out there that's what i'm saying yeah um but another couple of things i want to bring up uh ciders uh i sent you like the the game scorecard that like the site did there of his game and he was the most dominant player on the ice absolutely silly stuff there um but also the Red Wings, uh, maybe like i know like it's it's been soured a little bit recently with the red wings play because they've kind of been playing a little bit like last year but Something to kind of give Red Wings a little bit of, you know, like show where the where progress we've been. This is the 14th time this season where the Red Wings have gone into extra time. Second, that's second in the NHL. It's just yeah. closer games the Red Wings are playing, like, which is yeah. which is in, which is impressive. Like you know, what I mean, for a team that's rebuilding or uh, on the ends of a rebuild, but still rebuilding. Right. Well, even last year, like if you look back to last year, like we had a lot of one goal games too, yeah, like it, ending to in regulation. And yep. ending in regulation and stuff like one or two old games, and then now it's just we're just taking that next little step where you're at least getting the point out of it. Yes, you know, and it's that's that. Go ahead. It's Sorry. a very different lineup than last year in the sense of like our special, like a lot of special teams and stuff. They're very different. Like our penalty killers unit is forwards, anyways, are different. 
and we're very we're a lot younger and making a bigger step in my opinion which is at least um positive it's a step in the positive direction yeah and i wanted to like bring um i was gonna go on to the penalty kill but at first like oh, i just lost my train of thought oh Not sorry good. uh progress no it's all good i was basically yeah i was gonna keep going about the the team and their improvement oh yeah when you have better like the thing that's holding the red wings back right now is like it sounds old but better players when you have better depth, things will start improving. Like the power play, you won't only have one unit that actually can score goals. You'll have two. Uh, penalty kills improving more. Uh, I think I saw on the, the Toronto broadcast last night, since December 11th, I think the Red Wings are a top 15 penalty kill. That's shocking to me. I feel like we get scored on every game. Oh, uh, we've been really bad recently. But we like the, De- the December to mid-January yeah. stretch was pretty good. Like, we were one of the better teams. Quick question. Um, so, I can't remember what – I think it was the Pittsburgh game I watched. And um, we scored a power play goal. They Something like – I think it was the Wings broadcast. Said, like, we have seven goals in the last nine – power play goals in the last nine games. Is that true? I think so. At that point, it was, it was true. Because it just seems like well, I, mean, yeah, we, I know we do get a lot of power plays and take a lot of penalties. But it didn't seem like like I, I was like I, I heard that and I was like kind of shocked to that. Like I know we've been scoring a little more recently, but like also like I know the Buffalo games we had two power plays in the same game, two power play goals same game, right? Okay. Dallas, I know we had one. Pittsburgh, we had one. So it's four right there, and I, I it's just off the top of my head. Okay, um, okay. But yeah, no, it, it's definitely been slightly improved, but they still have their issues where like you go zero for six in a game, and you lose a game because of that. Yeah, and right. you score in a game where, where like the Buffalo game, you have two of them, but you're one four nothing. Yeah, and that that's probably why like it seemed I was so shocked to it. Like they, right. they made it sound way better. It's like oh, seven goals in the last nine games yes. on power play. I'm like, well, but when you think you that... have four attempts each game, like you're kind of just like a little bit you're below average at that point still. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but still, uh, so yeah, game forty five versus Toronto Saturday night. Uh, Peter Morazic against the Red Wings again, which I I do I do love Peter. Um, Pius game 100, which is kind of surprising. Blashill game 500, also surprising. And, um, yeah, it's just seemed, it seems, yeah, Blashill, it's he's, I think, six now in Detroit history for games coached. I forgot that Sid, Sid Abel's second. I didn't know Sid Abel actually coached. Yeah, I forgot about I that too. He, he coached 810 games, I'm pretty sure. I'm like, that's insane. Oof. It was Jack Adams who's number one. Obviously, but I, yeah, yeah. I for some reason I was thinking Scotty Bowman because he was there. For, like, Bowman was no Bowman. Bowman was fourth or fifth, I think. Yeah, but I forgot. Babs, like, Babs was third. Yeah. Um, I, like, when they first announced that or first brought that up, I thought it was like it would have been Bowman, Babs, and then him. But I forgot about Sedable and then, uh, well, who did you just say? I forget the name. Jack Adams. Yeah, Jack Adams. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So. Going to this, uh, this is a game we thought we might when we, you know, you go first, you get Ned versus his teammate or his ex teammate, I should say, Morazic and ex Red Wing. Um, and the Red Wings dominated early. This was a game the Red Wings should have won the first two periods. I think I said this, I think I said this before we got on. I don't know if I said this in this, but uh, those five periods were the best five periods the Red Wings played all year from the Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh three periods and the overtime, I guess, so technically four periods, but. Um, and then the two periods of this game are the best they've played all around and offensively. You're saying the best stretch, not the best five. 
Yeah, I should say best. Yeah, it's probably a better way. Best to stretch. It. Yeah. Yep. Good. Good. Consecutively. Call. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, the first line really showed up and came out early, first shift. Uh, rarely the Red Wings get like an opening goal like that. Uh, Vlad broke up a play in the D zone and then feeds Larkin for the half breakaway, and he does this thing where he. He does the Franz Nielsen was really good at this when he was like in his prime of his career, but now Larkin's kind of taken over where you tuck it, tuck it out of the defenseman's stick and then shoot right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, Nielsen was really good at that. Yeah, I mean Matthews does it now too. So I mean he's I probably say, it. Matthews yeah, is very good. Matthews, but like, Matthews, yeah. yeah, Matthews is kind of overrated, but that's just me. Um, but no, Nielsen like literally legitimately did that like early on in his career and like was pretty good. Um, but Larkin's started to do that more recently and he scored right there. It was a really nice goal. Um, really, really good play by Vlad and those two kind of they clicked a couple times this game really yeah. nice um but it was all Red Wings like they had another huge possession in this period um they a lot of like a lot of odd man rushes and then the like the Red Wings gave up one and Ned made a granted it was on the goal line but Ned made a really big save I was gonna miss the net it was gonna miss the net I know but it still looked cool off first, off first replay, you're like, how did he save that? But then you look at the replay; it's gonna, it was gonna go right across the goal line, and not go in. Um, but still funny, it's a funny look at. Um, but yeah, uh, I didn't like. There was a play earlier right before that, but it was a four on two, and Oshley really kind of just did a fadeaway shot. I wasn't a huge fan of that. Like he could have made a play to the net. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if there was a guy on him or something like that. There was, I couldn't have made a pass, but that was terrible. Okay, I, I went on even just. If you have nothing, just stop up and set something up. Okay, I'm glad. Tired or something, or I was making sure I saw that right because I thought that's yes. how it went down. But I, I thought like he had way more time than he thought he did. I think um, he was afraid to have the puck in the offensive zone with time and space. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. I think so. Um, but right after the Ned, like whatever, I'm gonna call it a save because it's funnier. It's not a save. Um, whatever. Um, so three and one back the other way after that, and Bert to Bert to Suter, and Suter just missed there. And Suter, Andy, you texted. I think Suter could have had three or four goals this game. Early. Like early. Had, <laughs> like early. Like he had two or three chances that were like grade A scoring chances. Like in Titan, he was making it work. Like they were was, that, that line was working hard. Was it but. that line that looked so fast or was it Toronto that looked so slow early in the uh, game? I think it's a little bit of both, but I, I think mean, it was the line under- actually looked good because they were yeah. pulling. Because I think yeah. it was an underestimation, like on Toronto's standpoint, about how good this line could be because of like their Toronto's firepower, per se. Right. And granted, Toronto is not the most defensive sound team. Let's also put that out there. And that's the reason they won. That's why going back to last episode, when I said like I'd see us beating Toronto over Pittsburgh, that's, that's what played the factor into it. They're a very uh, gun and run, run and gun type of. Yeah. That's team. why I don't think they'll make it past the first round again this year. Yeah, agreed. Nope. And it's gonna be right. hilarious. Yeah. Um I can't but then wait we had like Tampa. Like even all <laughs> lines were going. Like I thought the third line came out early. Like they had a really good shift in the ozone versus like Toronto started stacking lines. Like they had Matthews out with Marner and Nylander. They played really well, like they hemmed him in. Um then we had a cider spin on Mitch Marner and sent him to a different planet, which was hilarious. I loved yeah. every second of that. How about the one in the D zone where he put through his own feet? Spot. That one was so nice. Too, that one man. was even nicer. I think I was like, yeah, because Mar- Marner was half-ass going at him, and he's like, yeah, yeah I'm just gonna change. The other <laughs> one, like, he actually had a guy on him. Yeah, he was someone was forechecking him. 
No, he does that little play like in between his feet all the time, like usually on the blue line where he helps himself, like he bodies out the guy. It's almost like in basketball where you turn your back and you like you block out the guy in that sense. And he does that and he pulls it through his feet to hold the line. It's super impressive. It's just, um, you know, it pisses me off so much. Like to really appreciate Cider, you have to watch him play or else you have to follow ice hockey gifts. Literally, it's he's not going to do something highlight reel because it's not going to result in a goal. But just the stuff he does with the puck on his stick and away from the puck. Oh my gosh, he is incredible to watch. He really is. I yeah. want to build on. I want to build on this conversation more, like after the game, so we can talk about like his Calder um, trophy stuff like that. We'll make a segment afterwards. Um, yeah. Can, can I just touch yeah. on that play you're talking about? The foot? so yes. that play is so smart because a you're like you said you're, he's boxing out and he like he's putting his body in position on like to protect the puck. What if like anyone goes for it, it's gonna be a tripping penalty. Because yep. it's in his feet. Like if they try to poke at it, it's gonna be a tripping penalty, and he's gonna draw too. So like the is it a is it like a forward playing defense or defending in your zone? You can't do anything but just skate along with them. Maybe like yeah, that's, you kind of have to hope he makes the yeah he messes yeah. up basically. Yeah, so you all, all you can do is try to body him, and he's yeah. six foot four. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> and some of his biggest hits, like low key biggest hits, have been when he's getting hit. Like it's like a reverse hit, or not yes. even knowing he's just solid, right? Well. So, I've noticed a big decline in physicality this year comparatively to last year when he was playing in the SHL. He doesn't go out looking for as many hits, which he doesn't need to. Right. But I'm saying like he's not going to try to throw a huge hit. But also I'm sure there was some talking to about that because of the the more feistiness in the NHL comparatively because right. people will throw it down right away. Yeah, it, The also- game has changed so much that if any of your teammates take a big hit, they're going to fight that guy, which makes little sense to me when it's a clean hill, but that's beside yeah. the point. Uh, so I think he has really calmed his physicality unless it's a reverse hit. And once in a while, like that, that Dallas game in Dallas, who do level? It was a uh, raffle raffle. <laughs> yeah. Poor raffle. Um, we'll get back to cider after this game, but um, okay. another underrated play I saw in this game. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I, Quick, quickly picked up this. It was Raymond and Letty played give and go while Matthews and Marner were both forechecking them. Raymond got the puck and they went right to Raymond, but he quickly dropped it back to Letty and then Letty quickly back up to Raymond. It was a quick exit pass. Often yeah. missed in like the play of the game, but I noticed that with Raymond, like he has so much patience for breaking out the puck and he's so smart with that. And it's That's just like a nice 19- thing. I could talk about those two for so long. There's so many <laughs> little things that they do that are go unseen. Mm-hmm. Like you, like you mentioned it earlier about uh, Raymond's open ice awareness is just unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> in my opinion, he's a very high IQ hockey player, and it's yeah, it's very. Uh, those are my favorite kind of hockey players, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I like watching explosive players too, but watching players that are just so smart, like Sebastian Aho, Mark Stone, Raymond, yeah. now, and they're they're just oh, they're so fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. Um, but of course, Toronto ruins the fun, and they score on like one of the worst goals, like most unlucky goals, I should say, ever. Half-ass backhand shot towards the net, and it goes off Pierre Engvall, who's kind of like not even looking at it. It goes off his leg, and Ned doesn't really have a chance there because it's going. He's going one way, and Puck's going the other. Like you can't really, again, you can't really point fingers at Ned there. And, and he even or, bounces or, off the top of his pad and goes. Yeah, in exactly. Too. Yeah, and you can't really blame a defenseman there because they had a stick. 
it went off right. his leg. Yeah. Um, it was just tough. Um, and then, yeah, Cider did the spin in the end of this period. So I, I had that, I had that in the notes as well, Grant. It was the end of this period. Okay. And that owns. I wasn't one. sure when it was. I yeah. Just... I, I had that right next. Um, but yeah, I had Nick Lidstrom was also in the building, which I thought was kind of weird. He was, I didn't think he'd be in, over in the U S this quickly, but wow. I don't know. I, don't know. I, 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 th- well, I mean, yeah, he's, I, li- he's living in Sweden, but why not just come over whenever you want when you're rich? I Well, yeah, it's true. But like, I, I wasn't, ex- I guess I wasn't expecting it. I thought he'd be like trade deadline and like draft would be like the times he's coming. Maybe there's something coming up soon. Well, maybe like a lot of times I know teams have been having scouting meetings recently, like to prepare for a deadline. And I think yeah. Nick, Nick Lidstrom probably over for a scouting meeting. I'm assuming. Bad that I don't know like, exactly when the deadline is. When uh, is well, the deadline? It's, it's not March really because like, we're supposed to have the Olympic break and the All Star break, so like it's it's, it's been pushed back a little longer. It's like March, mid March, I think. At this point, yeah, early, or early, early March, mid, yeah, something like that. I think it's like March six, maybe. That sounds all right. I could yeah. be wrong. Anyway, me too. Um, but yeah, 59 in shots. It was a great start. Like besides that little thing, and then uh, again, play just continued. Uh, Early on, first line come back, comes back out again. Larkin throws it to the net. Uh, Raymond digs at it, and I thought he was going to get an assist here, but he didn't. Uh, didn't really touch it. And then Vlad cleans up rebound, and it was a nice little drag. He does the uh, the jersey again. Loves it, man. I tweeted I, out immediately. I tweeted out immediately after this. I'm like, sign this man immediately. He did pretty well chat. on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, sign this man yesterday. Yeah, um, in the uh, chat, I was like seven by seven. <laughs> <laughs> I think I want to see like or that just become his patent at Sully. He does it every time he scores. Yeah, he loves being a wing, baby. Yeah, I love him as a red wing. Like he's oh, yeah. actually I, this game, especially like the beginning and stuff. Like we were talking about, like hey, maybe we'll see Zadina on the first line. Nope, Vlad's there, mm-hmm. baby. Vlad played really well in this game. I I am so excited for this moment when Verona comes back and to see what they do with the lines because. I think if you put like a third line together of Valeno, Vlad, and Zadina, like how fun would that be? I don't know I said, how good it would do, but it, I said really that in my fun. article. I said that in my article about uh, like what they should would do with Zadina because like, I didn't think he earned a top six minutes, obviously. So I thought no. maybe a third line like that might be able to get you more looks. The only um, thing that I wouldn't like about that is Vlad's play, like, especially as the games go on when he's playing on the top line, has in- in my opinion, increased. Like he's been more excited to watch, but also you see him more, right? Yeah. Like, he gets more ice time. So, but he's just been playing so well, and like he's a great. Like, you just love to cheer for him as a Wings fan. Well, he rises rises to who he plays with. Right, he plays up to that level, and right. what he said does does get away with some stuff too. So, it's just exciting yep. to watch. Um. Then we had right afterwards the uh, Fabry to Bertuzzi. It was so Cider created it. Cider drove the yep. middle. Uh, kind of lost it, but like Fabry was right there to clean it up. I tweeted it out because like Sider made a really good play through the neutral zone, but then Fabry cleaned it up to Bertuzzi, and Bertuzzi absolutely picked his corner. He looked he looked off Mrazic. He was looking straight at Sider across the whole time, and Mrazic fell for it and short side. <laughs> really, really nice shot. And he did the little, he did the little fist pump. It was nice. Um, his twenty first of the year, which is man, he's been so good. That was such a snipe. <laughs> it was yeah. so nice. What do we have him for goals this year? Did we just not say like 25 to 30? Dude, I, I said 25 and 25 for a season. He's about to beat that. Like he's at 21 goals right now. Yeah, I think I said, yeah. 20, I think I said 20, 26 to like 29. Yeah, I, I was in that ballpark. I, I don't – I'd have to re-listen to that. I want to see what we had. 
Yeah, let's we, we could like do like a review of that episode and like maybe during the All Star break. During we could that be that'd be a good. We're gonna have some time, man. We're gonna have some time. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, cider two assists this game. Fantastic again. Yeah. Um, yeah, <sighs> this game, man. We had oh yeah, it was three. It was three one, and then Bunting shows up and starts his party. Again, another garbage garbage goal. Shot from the point. Hall throws it, and Bunting just tips it, and it goes in, and Ned had no idea where it was. It was one of those, like, at first, like, obviously, initial reaction, because his stick gets up. I thought it was a high stick at first. Yep. And even so, like, the one, uh, like, ice level view from the outside hash mark on the opposite side, so, like, he was facing the camera. Yep. I thought it looked like it was a high stick, but also, like, it's so far away to tell so hard. Like he was at the, like almost top of the circle. Like he was at the hash marks area too, I believe. Right. In the yes. slot. Yeah. So like, it's obviously going to be hard to review and like, it looks, it looks good. Stick. It looked good to me. Yeah. Just my initial reaction. I was like, Oh, that could be a high stick. Like obvi- yeah. obviously, right. Natural. Right. But uh, yeah, like Ned didn't really have a chance. Like he had traffic in front of him. I believe there's two guys of wings and a Toronto plus bunting with the tip. It's yeah, for sure. Unfortunate. Yeah, it was like he said it was a, it was a shitty bounce for Ned. Another one. Yeah, and then Larkin uh, gets a second of the game, and really nice to get the power play action going. Mm-hmm. Um, Raymond down to Raymond like kind of got caught against the boards and Fabry again. Nice came through and picked it up and fed Larkin real nice there. Really nice one timer. Morazic going the other way. And this game four two, end of the third. We think we have it, right? You're like, all right, pretty confident. Uh of course now. No. Uh I wanted I also made a little note after this period. Uh Pew Suter through 10 minutes of play, he had seven shots on net. Yeah. Insane. Um yeah, Ernie got a half breakaway that he ended up like only getting a backhand shot, but then Zadina just missed the rebound. Zadina had a really good defensive play that I noted and ended up getting a two-on-one, but thought too much about shooting. He's in his head. Um, and then, yeah, first line got caught in the D zone. Matthews towards the net. Hit Cider. Uh, went up Cider's stick and Bunting made a really nice slap out of the air for the rebound goal. And, yeah, after this, Red Wings lost all momentum. They played way too much on their feet. Like, heels of defeat, I should say. They did mm-hmm. not push any pressure and ended up ended up losing. Like uh, we had John Tavares, who fed Rasmus Sandin, which was at the no, that no, was the fifth goal. Was, the fourth one was another. Yeah. That was the tie. The fourth goal was the tying one by Bunting, which Mitch Marner absolutely worked Rasmussen and Rasmussen and Ernie in the corner, came across and fed Bunting in front of the net, who nobody had a stick. Yeah, and the fifth goal was John Tavares worked. I might be flipping those two. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm right. I'm right. Um, yeah, John Tavares worked the guy in front, does a spin move, and Sandy in backdoor, nobody around him. Second goal in 71 games of his career, I think I saw. Yeah. Crazy. Eden's Eden's calling at the door. He's not happy with Red Wings giving up that front <laughs> four goal. He's not happy about that. Um, and, of course, like, this is tough. So, Red Wings have to pull net immediately because it's 5-4 with, like, two minutes left. And this is this call right here was really pissed me off. Uh, in the corner, Fabry uh, in the in the four check, and it was the weakest hooking call I have ever seen. 
And with a minute 50 left, like you're not going to call that usually. And they didn't. That, that's, that's game right there. Like the Red Wings, like you pull the goal, it's five on five. Yeah. That was when, that's when I knew I'm like, it's game. That's, they're not, they're not winning. It's you fine. sent that in the text. Well, just the, like the, be just before the penalty, we rang the crossbar, which you didn't hear it on the feed. So I thought that was in. Oh, yeah. The Raymond. Yeah. I didn't even talk. I <laughs> forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Ray, yeah. It was the five on yeah, right before that play. It was Raymond who got a shot and he like, it wasn't going to go anywhere near the net, but it went off TJ Brody's chest, hit the crossbar and went out. But it, it the, the way it redirected, it wasn't like a fast shot. So it didn't right. really hit the crossbar. Like it, it hit the crossbar weird. Yeah. So I thought, I, I, I thought, I thought it hit back bar too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then and right so like after everyone, everyone kind of stopped playing, especially the wings. Like everyone thought it was in, and even some of the least guys stopped. Yep. And then Fabry like clued in real quick. And that's what the penalty, like where the penalty was called. Yep. So, and yeah, it was basically a game. Uh, Marner got an empty ender and then Tavares almost scored twice before Bertuzzi was playing goalie. Two really yeah, big, like, like it goes kind of like out of everyone forgets about it because considering the Leafs ended up scoring right afterwards, and you're down by two with 15 seconds left. But like Bertuzzi still like was trying to win that game. Two big blocks and, a, and it just sucks for Bertuzzi. Like his he saw his body language after because all all Tavares did is like went in the neutral zone and then flipped it over everyone's head. Yeah, he was almost like he's playing with everyone. It was like kind of like ah look at this. Not yeah. like yeah like it was it sucked but. Um, Ned broke his stick at the end of the game, finishing up. He's pissed. Like he hasn't played well recently, and it he's getting to him a little bit. Which I think I think he'll pull out of it. Obviously, he's proven he can, but it's he struggled of late. Um, another underrated thing: Dylan Larkin, first Red Wing with forty points in forty games since Lark or uh, since Zetterberg in thirteen fourteen. Just crazy. That is that is an insane stat. Wait, wait, wait. what's the stat? First Red Wing with 40 points in 40 games since Zetterberg in 2013-14 season. Did you and see did that. the Burt one? No, what was the Burt one? He's the first player to score 20 or hit 21 goals or the shortest span of 21 goals since Zetterberg in like 07-08. Wow. Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I would have thought, thought maybe Hosa because Hosa hit 40 in 08-09. But... I don't think so. No, I, I, I think it was games played, shortest games played, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Grant, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Uh, Cider, 15 points his last 22 games. It's silly stuff. Calder. He's also a, still a plus one in this game, which, again, that's crazy. Um, Again, like Ned, like, I don't think he played great, but again, like a lot of the goals against, I'm like, how do you really blame him? There's a bunch of redirects. The defense got left, they left him out of the dry. I can maybe think of one that, like, he maybe should have had, but, like, also, like, Come on. Which which one? I'm trying. I may, I'm, there might not even be one that like I can think yeah. of. Like because all, all of be. all of Bunting's goals were redirects. Um yeah. yeah. One was bad out of the air. He couldn't really do anything about yeah. The, the other, other yeah, the other one, yeah. The other one, the one towards the net by Riley and Engball. That one, no chance. And the two empty netters, and I'm missing one. Well scored. Mitch Mar- oh, no, Sand- no. Sandine. Sandine back again door, back, back door. Door pass. Yeah. yeah. So I don't. Which really was a nice him. speed from Tavares to be like that. Yeah, no, that's what I was talking about. Like he outmuscled yeah. everyone, and yeah. yeah, nice speed from Tavares. Which I'm not a big Tavares fan, so for me to say um, that, it's really funny. So this is back to back weeks now that I'm pretty sure the Dallas one was last week, right? The Dallas game. Oh. Um, you play with they play with the lead in the third, and Blashill plays loser mentality, and you play try to play shutdown with 
defense that's not that good and a Toronto team that was reeling all game. I don't know why you don't stand the gas there. Blashill took his foot off the foot off the gas and the players, even Larkin and Larkin and Blashill both said in their press conference after the game that they were on their heels too much. I'm just curious why Blashill decided because obviously systems like you could see it in the play. Yeah. I'm just curious. Why, why did you decide to do that then? That's my, that's just my question. This yeah. Is- I, I don't know personally how you let that happen after that happened. The same thing last week. Like you should yep. learn from that experience. Yep, and that's you, especially against a very offensive team. Uh, actually, a completely offensive team. You just keep playing yeah. the same way you're playing. Yeah, like the Leafs could not defend that game. There was so many, uh, uh, like Mrazek, like sure he let in four goals, but like he played pretty well. Like he 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 bailed out the Leafs a couple of times. We we all played them offensively. Yes, he, uh, for two for two periods. Mrazek yeah. really bared bared down after the first period. I'd say. Yeah, it, yeah, like, I would say so as well. Like he, he looked yeah. like he was he was a little bit uncomfortable, yeah. and yeah, like he hasn't played that much this year either for the Leafs, no. which has been a huge thing. Um, but yeah, like it's just it's hard to make excuses for Jeff Blashill there. So I'm I'm one of the people. It's like I don't know if you bring in any other coach. Like I don't know if the results are gonna be much different. But again, like he's not really doing anything great either. Oh, dude, lately I've been thinking crazy about that like i i know we're not supposed to see a playoff team but there's some games that have been really in question mm-hmm. and i have i have been the last couple of years because of how bad we've been i've yep. been yeah i've had a lot of concern and like garth you know this a lot like i i'm not a jeff blashell fan no in the biggest in the slightest like i i respect him and i like respect what he has like because he hasn't had the greatest teams with him like players roster to play with but in a situation like that like you guys said last week it happened and it's happened many many of times not just this year but throughout his tenure here this this is the first year though that i feel truly that that's that this should not happen right lately like the other years past the last two years i'm like okay if you give up a two goal lead in the third i'm not the most concerned because it is a bad team Mm -hmm. but yes i i i've been concerned of it yeah, and it's it's frustrating because you want to see that change. Like, why, like you said, why change anything up? You're playing with the lead. You're outplaying them offensively, and I mean, I guess defensively too. But like, really, there wasn't a whole lot of defense in this game. I'd say, no, it was your defense was from offense, essentially both ways. Yep, both ways. And it's frustrating to basically go back into that defensive shell and watch us give up another third period lead again. Absolutely. Um, let's get some po- let's get some positive light to finish up this episode. Uh, we kept bearing the lead, but uh, Moritz Sider. Uh, it's hard to say that he's not the he shouldn't be the front runner for the Calder. Right. I know it's tough. I know it's tough right now. We just talked. I think we talked about it with Zegris. I don't know. We didn't talk about it because it happened this week. Zegris scored another. He scored a Michigan goal, which was probably one of the cleanest that we've seen yet. The amount of ease he had there, and so smooth. Man, but like, still, like we, we watch, obviously we watch Cider every night. But the things that Cider does on a game to game basis, with the amount of help he has in the back end, is unmatched in the league. Personally, like what I, the value he brings to his team is unmatched in the league. Yes. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. There's just so much to unpackage there with this Calder race because there are so many good candidates. Mm-hmm. To be completely honest, like we we mm-hmm. watch Raymond and Cider on a ba- day to day basis. And just the little things they do as players is just tremendous. 
But I've watched Seagrass quite a bit too. Not a whole lot. I'd probably watch 10 to 15 games this year. Fair enough. He does a lot of great stuff too. Um, oh, I'm not taking anything away from him. I, I know you're no. not. I'm, just, I'm saying he, he's a lot more of a flashy player, though, if you watch it's, him. Like, that Michigan you talked about, I think there is one Michigan that might have been better than that, and that was the Forsberg one. It Just the tuck wasn't yep. as nice. His yeah, tuck yeah. was so nice and picked it up so cleanly, where Sveshikov has stopped behind the net both times. I, it, was, it was so smooth, and that's – He also, like – Walk two guys kind of like oh to my gosh. The it was so smooth did you see john carlson's tweet yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah. the crowd goes wild <laughs> <laughs> i love it that's funny um yeah. to explain to everyone like i didn't know that that game happened happened in montreal where they had no fans so yeah that's why well, that joke also funny. the the bad part is i mean montreal is basically an ahl team like yep i saw a funny tweet last night evander kane scored a goal against Montreal and I think it was Pete Blackburn he said to be fair Evander Kane's been playing against AHLTs for a while now yeah. <laughs> That's so did, you, funny. did you see uh, I don't know if you guys have because I saw it here in Canada but Kane's uh, interview after the game no no he goes they're like oh how did you feel he's like it felt good to get one in he was like haven't played with the NHL and then he like paused like level for a while now and like he got to get like a, shit, like, a smirk he goes but my legs, he's like, I was terrible. Like he basically said, my legs were terrible out there. Like he looked like he looked like a slow, slow skater out there, which he is not. He's not the oh, fastest yeah. either, but like he looked so slow, and the turnovers he had were horrendous. But I guess it's, yeah, it's it Montreal, so <laughs> yeah. To go back on cider, like we had, we've had multiple games this season where I look to like the the Islanders overtime winner that he had in that game, and then the Pittsburgh. Excuse me, I had a hiccup coming on, but. uh it's a okay. Pittsburgh game. Thank you. Pittsburgh game where he legitimately was the best player on the ice for most of the game. And he dominates the game from a defensive aspect where zone entries and then zone entries for t- coming against him and then versus him transitioning the puck up the ice and actually making a play. Mul- multiple times this season, he had the game, he had that play against New Jersey with Bertuzzi, the Bertuzzi goal where he drives into the zone slowly, accesses his options. And then almost takes a hit to make the play. And he, like that play, he dishes it to an area and Bertuzzi snipes. Um, again, in this game, crosses the blue line. He ends up like, he gets poked off his stick, but he has support where he created the opportunity. Then he drives towards the net and makes Morassic think about where if Bertuzzi's going to shoot or not. And Bertuzzi scored there. Yeah. He does a lot of stuff like that. Um, the spin moves in the blue line, which is something we really haven't seen before in the NHL. Like, where, where how he protects it like there's spin with like fox and um makar very good like that but like not in the same way um right but again with the defenseman to win the call they're like drew doughty was good at that too. yeah with the defenseman winning the call there i mean there's it's very like there's not many like, you have Maca- no makar was oh right yeah makar was but like after there was ekblad who was the first in a long time yeah, Barrett Jackman won one year over Zetterberg, which was a bad one. I don't want to talk about that. Um, oh, and Tyler Myers won. He beat out Jimmy Howard. Oh, right, right. Yep. So more recent, more than I thought. Uh, than or I thought. four in the past uh, fifteen years, I think. Yeah, which yeah. is still crazy. And this year, like I think that should be the answer, man. He's play. He plays in all situations, and he's had a boat anchor for most of the year. And Jordan Osterley, like. 
he granted he's played a little bit better the past two games where he's been with Sider, but he's still not the answer. Like that's not a he's a replacement level defenseman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You still don't like imagine Sider. Like I've I noted this. I I'm gonna be releasing an article with inside the rink like tomorrow, probably maybe the next day. Um no, I'm gonna shoot for tomorrow. I'm gonna get it done today. Um talking about how like Sider is primarily played with these like these guys, but then you had a vice versa where Kale McCarr played with Ryan Graves the entire year. And I know at the time Ryan Graves was still kind of an unknown commodity, but he ended Very up turning. You look, he turned. He turned out to be a top four defenseman, mm-hmm. right? And you can't say the same about who Satter has been playing with. Like him and Nick Letty, when they played together at the beginning of the year, they were legitimately seventh, seventh in the NHL analytically by creating goals and giving up goals. Hey, my text in the chat last night at the end of the game. Letty oh, yeah, and they- Letty and Mo are allowed on the ice together? Question mark. <laughs> 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 they avoid it completely, man. I don't get it. Um, yeah. I understand that, like, you just need – it seems like they're just spreading the wealth a little bit. Like, whatever wealth we have back there, it's not a lot. But, again, um, but no, like, Zegers obviously brings a lot of value to the, the Ducks team. And I just think Sider just brings so much more on what he's doing. They're both the same age, so it's not even an argument in that sense. Like, that's their same draft. Um Probably the two, you can argue two of the two of the best players from the draft too. Him and then Jack Hughes you throw in there too. But um, man, it's gonna be fun to say the least. I, um, I like where your head's at there, but I'm kind of gonna contradict you here, right? Okay, uh, not typical or anything, but shocker, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Weird. this year, hundred percent cider's more valuable. But in the years in the future, is cider gonna be more valuable than Zegers to their team? Yes. Okay. That's my question, though. Zegers is probably going to be the number one center in Anaheim. I agree. He's gonna. He's gonna. He's gonna have a stupid amount. Of, like I don't know. It depends what you value more: your first line center, or your first defenseman. Do you think he's gonna be the first defenseman? Yes. It's. it's I think it's gonna be situational. It's situational for each team because our real struggles lately have been defensively, like on the defensive end, and that's yeah. where that's where most so valuable to us and changes the tide for us. Go ahead. Uh, so. Okay. I, think we're gonna have a one-on-one defenseman that's where i'm getting at is we're gonna have two franchise defensemen basically yeah again in. again i want i want to bring up I, I don't mean to interrupt but like i want to say this quick like it depends on the team so like when you have a team like let's say you look at nashville right yeah you roman yossi is their team like yeah. he's their best player him and uc sorrow so you go from the back out yeah but then you look at a team like toronto first line center is your best player Yep. Um, then you have the weird one where you have like Tampa Bay, which Braden Point and Victor Hedman and Vasilevsky, Kucherov, <laughs> and Kucherov. Like, I mean, they're sick, but that's not a, probably a great example. I mean, like Florida is an interesting one too. Where Florida, you have... Florida. No, yeah, Florida would be the better example because Barkov yeah. is your best player. Barkov, um, and then you have Ekblad, Ekblad too, who's, and who's extremely too. extremely underrated in my yes. opinion. And we. So I guess too. if and you also look at you look at the prospects for Anaheim. Like Drysdale's gonna be a good defenseman, but I don't know if he's gonna be a number one, like a true number one. No, he should be a two or three, maybe. Four. Right? Yeah. No, no, he's yeah. he's gonna be he's good gonna defenseman. be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you look at Zegers, who's gonna be their top guy. Like that's gonna be the, I, that's that's my question. Is, that's a really I think good. Zegers is potentially an eighty point guy. Yeah. No, for he sure. has the potential to be eighty plus points. He's gonna be. He could be a star in this league. Where I think Cider's going to be his and is a star in his own way, but I don't know. Once you have Edvinson coming in too, we're going to have two super dynamic defensemen. Yeah, I guess Cider's yeah. just pr- to me. 
I think Zegers and Cider are like the two. Like, is Edmondson still kind of a wild card at this point? I think he's still going to pan out. But like right now, yeah. I know what Cider. I know what Cider is at this point, and I think yeah. he's going to be a franchise level defenseman. I think he's going to win think, a Norris. I think so too. I just it gets a. Uh, I don't know if he'll ever win a Norris. I think he will. I don't know. If I he'll think put up the so numbers for it. This just kind of popped in That's my true. head. That's true. This popped in my head, and now I think Cider's value will be what Ekblad has in Florida. Right that now, good, like I'm yeah. glad right now, like he's gonna be the number one. He will have offense, but like he brings so much other to the team, so much other things to the team too. Like, and Ekblad was an offensive defenseman coming to the league, and like I mean, he was in Florida, so like the offense didn't start showing up till the last couple of years when they started getting better. But yep. he in that time he developed on his defensive game, which Mo does have a very good defensive game as well as we know transition game, offensive. He has a little bit of everything. So like it just kind of popped in my head like a very like a similar player and style of play. It's it it is Size so two. so refreshing though. Like we yeah. rarely see defensive errors and lapses from him. Right, and we, that's we see I, it. It's he's a twenty year old defenseman, but you rarely you don't see him very often. Right, and that's where like I think Ekblad now like right now because not young Ekblad because I mean again they were horrendous, but Ekblad I think is a pretty fair comparison to like what he's playing like now to what Mo could be coming into as well. Absolutely. I, just, I, I, I agree to an extent, Andy. I just think Mo is such a hard comparison. It's hard. Yeah. I don't think we have a defenseman like that in the NHL. No, he's a just, very interesting case. He's like, yeah, Kale McCarr. Not, I'm not saying he is like Kale McCarr, but Kale McCarr is in his yeah, own course. element where Moritz Sider is in his own element. It's different. They, they both don't really have a clear comparison. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree completely. Um, but yeah, no, it, this man, this color race is gonna be so much fun, and we get to see it on display tomorrow night. Uh, Red Wings played Anaheim tonight, tomorrow night, I should say, uh, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. Like the last one, Zegers, Zegers got the better end of that one, two points in that game, and shootout, shootout goal as well. Um, I'm excited to see what Satter's gonna bring, and Raymond as well, because I think he's due, man. Raymond's been playing well, he needs to bury one. And again, that's another one that like goes under the radar, like as much as like 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 Raymond's like he still leads the rookies in points. Yeah, it's crazy, and like it's kind of like everyone's just like oh, it's Cider it's, and Zegers. It's, it's just gonna be well, it's more of everyone's like it's Zegers. It's, it's Red Wings. It's Red Wings fans that are like it's Cider, and then there's um bigger higher ups that that are actually in the industry, and that's what the angle the angle I'm gonna take on my article take is Cider. Where it's, our, it's yeah. all the fans want Zegris because yeah. I, it's just going to be really interesting to see if it happens where Cider barely finishes under Zegris in points and Raymond finishes ahead. That's going to make things really interesting to me. It's be hard to vote for his like have make you know make the case for Zegris in that sense if like Cider is that close. So I'm pretty convinced at this point that's going to be the three of them in the. Oh, that's not even yeah. like that's one. That's not even a conversation. Well, it is a conversation unless. unless Unless Anton Lundell keeps going, that's what I mean. That's yeah. there is a conversation for Lundell and even Jarvis. Jarvis has been pretty good as well, yes. dude. Well, they both are in such stacked teams. That's the thing. Or, they have or Biz put in uh, Michael Bunting last night <laughs> just to stir the pot. I love that. I, I saw that. I was like, that's hilarious. Or even Alex Nedeljkovic at some points this year. He's been. I mean, obviously, he's been. He's been a huge. Yeah, MVP. he's he been has. one of the MVPs of the Red Wings. Honestly, he has been. Um, but yeah, I think this it is, is exciting. Good. Either way. Yeah, this is going to do it for this episode. Uh, 
short like it's gonna be a shorter episode next week sooner we have two games to cover with la and anaheim coming into town uh and also the all-star games we can talk about lark and what he does the all the skills comp and stuff so that'd be cool maybe we'll have maybe maybe we'll have another fastest skater comp winner um but again uh yeah sport inside the rink we have our merchandise up on there um yeah read any articles from there i'll have one up tomorrow and it'll be this will be linked to it as well um but yeah thank you everyone for listening We'll